Hello and welcome to the FCS Podcast. At the microphone, you have Alex and... Formerly known as Miss Carlisle, currently known as Miss Carlisle, and in the future known as Miss Carlisle. Yes, we have the beloved, the legend, the, the legend herself, Miss Carlisle, finally at the microphone. We got everything to work, supposedly, according to Alexei, and now we can actually start with the first in our long-lasting series of interviews with the teachers. That was the secret project we were working on and teasing, so now you know it, and let's get started. So, Ms. Carlisle, why did you become a teacher? I believe that, like most things in life, sometimes it's what it's not, sort of like a science project. You know, it's yeah. not that, and it's not some infectious disease, and it's not something horrible. So sort of a process of elimination. I decided I didn't want to, I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I worked at a veterinarian clinic for a summer and decided that's not what I wanted. I thought I wanted to be a farrier. Do you know what a farrier is? No clue. Person who works on a ferry? You know, that was a really good guess. Thank you for connecting <laughs> your Latin to your English. But no, a farrier is somebody who trims horses' hooves. So specifically to horses, and uh, I wasn't big enough or strong enough, and it smelled really bad. So I didn't want to do that. So little by little, I just crossed things off the list. Uh, I believe because I love school so much, being a teacher was always at the back of my mind. I drew a line down the middle of the paper and said pros and cons of teaching. One of the things on the list was you can live anywhere in the world. It took me about 25 years to <laughs> shift out of that, but that's one of the reasons why I came to Berlin. I could have a career where I could live anywhere. And of course, other teachers are really fun people. So if you work in a school, you instantly have friends. Every year you get a new group of students and you get to follow students that you used to have. Sitting here with you two gentlemen today. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's been a long journey. I'm, 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 I like, I've been, for a week, I've been trying to memorize what the hell happened in fifth and sixth grade because I have, I have terrible memory and also the problem, I knew English and German very poorly back then and I guessed half of the things that are going on and I remember, and I forgot more than a half. So yeah, like the, the amount of stuff I remember is just minimal. But for our listeners to not get absolutely lost, what, where and why? What subjects do you teach? Currently, I am teaching Learner 4, English, Unit of Inquiry, and Math. Mm -hmm. I have previously taught Learner 5, Learner 6, and Learner 3. So I just uh, kind of get to, I get moved around. Ms. Cherniak likes me to just sort of spread myself out. I'm hoping it's not because people get tired of working with me. All right, and uh, what subjects are you qualified to teach in general? Okay, well, I, most of my education came from living in California. So I have a kindergarten through 12th grade special education credential, which allows me to teach uh, basically from five years old to 18 years old, any subject in special education. Specifically, I was trained for students who were deaf and hard of hearing, but because it's a special education credential, it allows me to teach anybody with special needs. Kind of a unique law on that. I also have a kindergarten through eighth grade regular education, which is a multiple, multiple subject credential. So that's basically every subject except for foreign language. Mm. And uh, back when you were in school, what were your favorite subjects? 
I would have to say that my creative writing teacher in high school was one of really the best teachers I ever had because he really didn't have any rules in the beginning of the class in terms of just write. All you have to do is write. I'm not going to count spelling. I'm not going to count capitalization. I want your thoughts on the paper. I can relate. And that's, I, I try to do that a little bit occasionally, just say, just write what you want. It doesn't really matter to me. I, I, I really want to get the sense of what you're trying to say, not necessarily how you're saying it. I would also love the debate team. I was on the debate team in high school. I know that doesn't shock you too much, right? Because I'm pretty good at arguing. Yeah. Uh, the only class I really didn't like, I don't know if you've asked this question yet or not, but it's probably going to be the next one, right? Uh, I had a physical education teacher that made us run the track while he sat and read the paper and drank coffee. And that put me in a bad yeah, mood. This, 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 this one guy who's like, yeah, run to two miles then do 100 push-ups, uh, 20 sit-ups, and then uh, ride a horse for 30 minutes straight. That shouldn't be too complicated, and then this guy is like 120 kilos. Uh, yeah. No shaming. I'm, no, no shaming, <laughs> just that he's not particularly capable of doing what he's assigning his students. Um, uh, not pointing fingers, by the way, because Evan Denzi is actually a very sporty man. Um, anyways. So is Frau Gottstein, meaning wonder. All our PE teachers are wonderful people. We are not throwing <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No but, shame on anyone. But that, that brings a, an interesting point. So as a, a learner, as a learning partner or a student, how are you supposed to respect a coach that doesn't really show that they can do what they're trying to teach you. Yeah, a coach that can't coach. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, di that's that's difficult. Yeah, we, actually, like, I think it's underappreciated. You're you're a multi-tool able to teach anyone anything. And by saying anyone, literally anyone, even if the person can't hear you, you right. can teach them. Right. <laughs> which is which is very cool. I mean, I, I, I can't tell, but probably was useful when educating me because <laughs> I couldn't understand anything. Well, hearing and listening are not exactly the same thing. Yeah, but still. <laughs> do, you, do you have any extra responsibilities at school? Because I do believe that you are assigned a lot. Yeah, you know, I do this kind of crazy thing called the scholarship committee. Oh, yeah. We're familiar are with you that. familiar we, with We've that? heard of it, I think. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Ah, so, you know, luckily through the generous donation of the Stiftung Wirt Foundation and FSAS Berlin, uh, every year we have a very generous scholarship given to those that apply and, and are vetted through the extreme process of the Miss Carlisle and the jury. And I believe that uh, the FSS, S, FSIS podcast won last year. Oh, well, actually, that, that really? may be true. That may be true. That wow. may be the way we bought the equipment that we're recording this on right now. Ah, <laughs> so the sound quality is not just my lovely velvety voice or yours, but Indeed, also the fact you have no. microphones. Actually, guys, appreciate the fact we're working with two <laughs> microphones again. Yo! Uh, so, so happy that you applied. I, I don't think I really... I think Fao... Uh, who really tracked you guys down for that? I think that was Fao Marsh. Was really I have to give her a little bit of credit because she said, "Why don't Why don't you do the podcast, yes, guys?" Yes, I do think so. Yeah, yeah, but you guys were an easy shoe in once it once it happened because yeah, uh, yeah, the interview with her was also like one of the most popular, like actually our episodes, and she gave us a bunch of assignments inside of radio. For instance, remember Alex? I think he's you still are the voice of uh, schools. What is this? 
auto answering machine. Oh my oh, for god, the phones? I completely Are you still on forgot there? about that. Yes, she gave us an assignment to record the, the greeting, the greeting uh, message. Greeting message for the school, yes. I'm going to call the school when I get home and I'm yeah, going to see if it's I, you. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's still so, that no, that was if it ever was so a thing, but we recorded that <laughs> and it may just be the case that if you call the school and they don't respond you hear Alex. Oh, that's it so great. It could be the case still. That's great. Also, was she the one who told us to go to the Philharmony? Yeah, she was the one who told us to go to the Philharmony and like uh, make a, an interview with a guy who like Jogan Dirigiat. Yes. Like Hiazaya, he was. Yeah, Hiazaya. And we recorded him on the phone, and yeah, we came there. We came. We actually came behind like the curtains of yeah, the scenes. Berliner Philharmony, which is really cool, and yeah. we were really scared to do this. Also, she made us record a uh, a uh, advertisement thing for a radio. Oh yeah, on a radio station, we record an advertisement for the school, a little segment. That's great. For the day of the open doors, sort of. Door deal. open talk. I'm gonna say three years ago, we started a new faculty mentor program here at the school to try to retain new teachers. It's such a different kind of school that if you work at any other public school or American school or public German school and you come here, it's a, it's a very different experience. And you have to be really independent and really strong as a learning coach. So with the new faculty program, it was allowing new faculty to come to another teacher, another coach, me basically, and ask questions without having to go to a Falcherniak or Herr Rockenstein or an administrator. So really going to a colleague that had been around for a few years, which is me, and that really worked out because we have actually lost very few teachers in the last few years. A lot of new faculty have decided to stay. This is in the primary school specifically. And along with that, I also mentor the student teachers that come from Stenden University in the Netherlands. And we actually ended up hiring Miss Cool, who is one of the new fifth grade teachers who graduated and did her student teaching here and is now a full-time faculty member, part-time faculty member. And uh, Frau Schmidt, who is another teacher that we hired from the university. So when you get to be a <clears throat> seasoned teacher like myself, then they ask you to do things that I never really dreamed of doing and being able to help not just the LP, but actually helping new teachers and the student teachers. I wasn't sure I'd really like the student teacher thing. I wasn't really convinced, but I took a trip to the Netherlands and I did a visiting lecturing tour there. And I absolutely loved it. The, the, the young adults were really open to everything that was being said. They were really interactive. I like to think I tried to make it fun and I really liked it. So I feel like that was as much for me to give back in a mentor position than it was, I probably learned more from them than they learned from me, but that's all right. Okay, so learning coach, scholarship committee, new faculty mentor, student teacher mentor, and that's probably all of the actual responsibilities Even I have. though they, like, you learn more than the, uh, you taught them, I, I still think they enjoyed signing you. I mean, <laughs> they, they wouldn't complain, I do believe that. Oh, you're kind. And it's uh, very interesting because most of these things, uh, the average student at the school has never heard of. So this mm, is one mm -hmm. of the things that we thought about for this interview, just to get 
those news out. I mean, even us, even though we're like, we, we do know some insights. Seasoned students. Seasoned students. <laughs> you are seasoned students. Spicy and extra salty, right? <laughs> Especially this one. I mean. <laughs> but I think that's one thing about when you pick a career, it's not a job, right? You pick a career. If nothing is static, you have to change. What, how much technology has changed since I started teaching is incredible. And you have to keep up with it. And every year there's changes. If you're not open to change, you're not gonna be a proficient educator. So I learned from my mentors to open your mind. You're gonna learn from these people and hopefully you can give them a little bit of experience and wisdom. This is my 31st year teaching school. So pretty crazy, I've been teaching school that long. That's and more years than me and Alex's age combined. Oh, thanks, that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, if you stay static, you're not gonna like what you do. If you keep moving, if you like moving grades or doing something different at the school, moving to Berlin from California, whatever it takes, just teaching is teaching. Kids are the same almost everywhere, but you better be able to be flexible or you're not, or you're gonna break if you don't bend. This is something actually, yeah, this, this could be applied to any aspect of, mm -hmm. mind, of life that you actually have to evolve, adapt, overcome. <laughs> Yeah, bear grills, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's, the, there's an expression, uh, the pursuit of happiness, right? That's sort of an American yeah, expression, yeah. right? But it's not happiness you pursue. It's like it's you on a journey of life. Yes. So the path is the yeah, happiness. Exactly. Happiness is not an end point. Like, oh, happiness is over there. What am I going to do to get there? It is the way. It is the way, the Tao. Very Tao of you, Alexei. <laughs> but if you say, I will be happy along on the journey, as opposed to this end point. Like if only I could get that house, or if only I could drive that car, or only if I could just graduate, or only if I could do this, that's not what it's about. It's about having the happy attitude on your way there, wherever it is. And I think people get a little confused with that sometimes. Yeah, that's true, that's true. As you know, as, the, as they say, uh, a samurai has no uh, goal, mm -hmm. only the path. Ah. And uh, I heard it somewhere, I have no clue where. <laughs> but I do believe this is true because it makes sense. Right. And that's where a podcast evolved into a two-hour mm -hmm. conversation. Yep. Exactly. So uh, staying on the topic of change, yes. what schools have you taught at before FCIS? Whew. Uh, so when I was 24, I'm going to say, I started at a Montessori school in California. It was a very tiny uh, private Montessori school. It was actually in a house that they converted. It was, I mean, what a great experience. And I really loved it for about four years. And then uh, the really little kids, I thought maybe I should, <clears throat> you know, not get on the floor so much and get up and on a sitting position at a desk would might be a little bit better for me. So then I worked uh, actually for a very long time, 21 years, at a private uh, kindergarten through 12th grade school in Los Angeles. Really exciting place to be. Los Angeles was very culturally active at the time, also seism seismologically active with a few fires and some earthquakes and a few things. Fun. 
And then I also taught uh, special education at Los Angeles Public School, which was completely different than the private school where I taught. And that's where I taught the special needs kids with uh, deaf and hard of hearing and some autism and other items. Then I came to FSLS Berlin, and so I've been here seven years. Wow, that is quite a journey. And now, not as on topic as the last question. Mm -hmm. So we know that you're a wonderful teacher, but who are you outside of school? Ah, outside of school. Well, in school, I'm Miss Carlisle. Out there, in the in the Berlin world, I'm known as Mel mm. to most of my friends. My first name is Melanie, but almost all my friends call me Mel. And I like to think that I'm kind of a fun person. I'm not really a late night owl, so I kind of do like the more day thing. Uh, some water sports occasionally, some kayaking, certainly nature walks, bike riding. I'm also not really a, not really a hermit of some kind, but I'm really comfortable being alone and kind of hanging out with myself and doing what I want. Being at school all day long, every every day you're here, you're kind of giving and every all the energy's going out. And so sometimes when I go home, I just want to lay on the floor and listen to a little music and, you know, plug back in a little bit. Uh, but I do like being with the friends that I have. I don't have a huge circle of friends, but the friends I have are friends I could call at one in the morning and say, I need a place to stay. And they'd come get me or open their doors to me. and. That's something that I would really like people to understand about friendship. It's not the amount of friends you have or the amount of likes you have on Facebook or that shows, shows you how old I am. I said Facebook, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are we even licensed for that? Uh, it's really, you know, how many really true friends do you have? And it took me a little while to, to make good friends here, but the ones I have, I certainly think that they would ask anything of me and I would ask anything of them. All you need is about four or five of friends like that. So I would like to say who I am outside of school is I'd like to say I'm a really good friend. That is very inspirational. Thank that, that, you. That, 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 that's actually pretty cool because <laughs> you're, you're, you're not just going into like what you do, like who you are. Like this is so cool. Like, <laughs> well, didn't you guys ask me who am I outside of school? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like I, I, I don't know what I expected, but I certainly didn't expect this good quality of an answer. <laughs> And I do relate to friends, you only need a bunch of them, because like, you know, I, I live in Alex's basement, I mean, according to the lore, uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the, 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 the saying at night, just like, I, I just say, like, dude, open the basement, I need to sleep. One of my very best friends, uh, I met her when I was in fourth grade, matter of fact, and we were wow. 10 years old, we each had a horse. And we were fast friends. She lives in Hawaii. I live here. We meet once every couple of years. Uh, last time we met was in Lisbon. And just her, she brought her mom, who was sort of a second mother to me. So you don't have to live in the same town or city or country or even continent. I mean, luckily, through technology, you can video chat. You can do whatever. You have this kind of connection that allows us to laugh about how different we've grown to be. Some people say, oh, well, we grew apart. No, you you grew together. You may have grown in different directions, but you didn't grow apart. Yeah. Uh, but she's somebody that I will always be close with her, in my opinion. And there are friends that I've made here in Berlin that 
Maybe I've only been friends with them a few months or a few years, but they're in the same category as a friend I've had for life or since childhood. If you can have those friends, even if you have a couple like that, those are the people that you know are gonna call you on your stuff, point it out to you in a kind and loving way, hopefully, and also be there for you and say nice things to you when, when you need to hear nice things. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Talking about like the distance, which is not a problem when you move in modern year. We understand that. Like that's that's it's actually a big big thing in our lives even because like we come mm -hmm. from we don't come from Germany. We right. have friends in Germany and other cities. Uh, we have friends in other countries. Like uh, the friends that you used to have here or elsewhere moved to other countries as well, right. and just people are all over the place. Yeah, luckily. I mean, if, if you think about it, and if you lived in a certain point in time, you didn't travel outside of your hometown. You never met anybody outside of your hometown. Yeah. You didn't travel anywhere. And maybe that was a simpler way. You know, I'm just friends with the people I grew up with, and that's who I know. But now you have the opportunity to know anybody. But not in this pretend, I'm going to put a picture on this website, and this is who I am, and I'm only going to show you the good stuff in my life, yeah, yeah, the best food bad. that I eat, and yeah. the best pictures of me. That, to me, is kind of too bad, because I don't want to feel like I'm friends with somebody's representative. Yeah, and you probably shouldn't be a friend with such a person, because like, people who do that, they lack something in their life and that being probably attention because like that's the reason you would be trying to fight it's not you're not faking that you feel good you're faking that you have an interesting life right well and i like people's flaws and imperfections that's what makes a personality a personality and how about you're not going to get along with me if that's really your life and it's that fabulous why would you want anything to do with whatever i'm doing over here yeah that's that, that's actually true like <laughs> i mean and what yeah like that, that's the point you can't really i mean a person who feels well already they don't really they may just not seek for anything more you know right. they just they just they don't settle but right. they're like okay i'm fine in that region i right. don't need a friend number 217 right my followers yeah <laughs> uh also like speaking about the technology and like making friends outside it's not even about traveling right. i got to know a person who like became like one of the, like the most favorite persons of my people of my life by uh the way that that person really likes a, a russian name called Zhenya. Zhenya, Evgeny. And so she put that in into a Russian Instagram. I would I will call it this way, and she just searched for people that live in like her city with mm -hmm. that name, and she wrote to three of them, and one of them was my cousin. Wow, that's weird. At that time, I went onto Discord, a voice chat to my cousin, and he told me that some ten-year-old supposedly is texting him, and I'm like, and I, I told him as a joke. Uh, sent her my like uh, contact details and uh, I'll just uh, make the kid traumatizing of, of talking to me <laughs> as a joke and he actually sent the contacts I got a text I texted back then there is a call and now she, like this uh, person is like one of my best friends yeah which is which is an absolutely mind-blowing story this is like so many coincidences that this all possible only like 
in the 21st century, I would say. Like, this is this is crazy. Do you believe in coincidences? I don't. I think that, like, everything has its purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that, like, it's, like... I'm not talking religious. I'm just... It, right. It's, 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 uh, it's um, you know... It's comfortable to me to feel that whatever is going on has purpose right because that makes you want to go on mm-hmm. and even if it's hard sometimes you mm-hmm. know that it's a lesson of some sort mm-hmm. or something good is coming right. you gotta be in hell to find uh, a good what? demon and pull him out and you yeah, come that's out ca- that's called life in contrast yeah yeah right. I, I i guess <laughs> so, yeah. yeah you don't you don't, you can't see clearly unless there's contrast in a picture right yeah, yeah, that's true. Miss Carl started interviewing the radio crew. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you know, that's what I do. Well, I, I, interestingly enough, the reason why I'm at FSAS Berlin is because I was friends with a certain uh, learning coach called uh, Mr. Schwata. Oh. His wife is one of my friends, the sister of... Her sister is one of my very good friends in Los Angeles. And it just so happened that when I decided to kind of expand my universe, I knew that Mr. Schwartzat was a teacher here, and I contacted him, and he said, "Why don't you come to Berlin and check it out?" Uh, did I was I in constant contact with him, like on a weekly basis at that point? No. Did I know that I knew him well enough I could send him an email and say, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of thinking about changing my life," you know? And he was absolutely fabulous about it. One contact, one person. I moved here knowing one person. Well, his family also, but... And and then it blossoms for there. So you never know which contacts you're going to make in your life that are going to change something. And the reason why I ask you that question, it's not really like we're going to get too philosophical with destiny or anything like that. But coincidences, you know, you, you put out the energy, uh, you're going to connect with the people that are going to bring you either happiness or, or unhappiness depending on your motive. So if you're very motivated to be positive, then hopefully that will work out. So, and when you moved to Berlin, what were your first impressions and uh, how have they changed? How have your views of Berlin changed over the years? Uh, When I first came here, I'd actually never been to Europe before. (laughs) I lived in California and I lived in Hawaii, but I never even traveled to Europe before. Seen most of North America, all of the United States, with the exception of Alaska, a lot of Mexico. And when I first came here, I was really shocked that grocery stores were closed on Sunday. <laughs> so I actually moved on a Saturday, thinking, oh, I'll go to the grocery store tomorrow. I'm, I've got some whatever I had, hard-boiled eggs or something. I'll just go to this, this grocery store in the morning. I wake up on Sunday, I walk down the street. Is it a national holiday? Like, what's going on in this place? And at first it was really rough as an American to say, you're not doing anything on Sunday. You're not going to a grocery store, you're not gonna work, you're just gonna chill. That's the whole point of Sundays. And at first, not knowing anybody here, it was was a little bit limiting. And then what happened was, I kind of learned to really chill on Sundays. And now something that was so super aggravating in the very beginning is one of my favorite things about it. I also do not drive a car here, and I drove in Los Angeles for 25 years, and that was just, as my one friend put it, when you're in Berlin, you have maybe two or three people in charge of what's happening with transportation. In Los Angeles, you have about 10,000 people. And just the idea, I can just get on a train or a bus, 
just get my way to school, don't have to think about it too much, is a much more relaxed lifestyle than at least living in Los Angeles was for me. And uh, so on the topic of seeing change over time, how, what's your experience with seeing this school specifically change over the years, especially with uh, technology mm -hmm. and such? Uh, I would have to say one of the biggest changes is when I first worked here, we were just basically in Learn House 1 and Learn House 3, all grades in the, in the primary school. Learn House 2 wasn't open, Learn House 4 wasn't open. So basically, Ms. Stubbins, Ms. Cherniak, and I, one day, for a couple of days, were the only people in charge of one through six. So there was kind of what we call a skeleton crew, <laughs> trying to do everything, and that was pretty nuts. Then came in, I'm trying to remember when we got iPads. There was, there was actually more technology than I had expected originally. A lot of, a lot of the older laptops were floating around. Uh, then we started getting some smart boards, and then you have a podcast going on here. And uh, luckily, we were set up in a place that when, what was that thing we had? Oh, yeah, pandemic. That when that happened, we actually were, I felt prepared to put stuff online. I mean, I remember the old Skypes, which were terrible. Like, I did not like Skype. I'm sorry. I hope we don't have any supporters of Skype here. It just, and it's probably not even their fault. It was just not good quality. So now the Zooming and just learning about that and what a great experience to be able to you know, have the ability, if you really can't be in the same room with somebody, to at least feel like you're connected in some way. Okay, it's not the greatest, it's not the best. It's certainly a lot better than putting a bunch of papers in the mail to your student, to your learning partner, and say, see you in five months. So in terms of that, I think if, you know, certain crises has happened in life, the fact that we are connected through technology, I don't like people that say that technology is, you know, it's ruining their minds and it's, it's you know, making us, we're supposed to be global, but it's making us individually. Well, Boomers. sometimes it <laughs> can bring people together. And I'm really glad that I could see people on Zoom, that I could still see the learning partners. I could still see other people. And it was, I don't know. I think that has been something that the school was in a pretty good position for, especially compared to other schools that I know. So... Like I said, remember, go back to the same thing. Is it static? Nothing static ever. You better be able to pivot at any moment in order to make the shot. I mean, yeah, there's a famous line that uh, technology is never inherently evil or good. It's the right. way that we use it right. that makes it evil or good. It's a tool. Now, on this note of talking about changes, mm -hmm. how would you reflect how, I mean, this wonderful podcast crew members changed over the years. <sighs> I mean, we have we've had a conversation for about an hour now. Okay. And you probably can tell something. Okay. <laughs> well, the AAA. You used to have a former name. We and still have it. Do you still have it? I mean, yeah, of course. Okay. We're we're just going to call the AAA in case it is uh, politically incorrect to do it the other way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think one of the greatest things about being in a school that is not just a primary school, having the having the advantage of having a secondary school here is if I, how sad if the last time I saw you was sixth grade and then I never saw you again and the fact that I you know here you are years later despite me you all turned out really great I think the best part is that you're all still really good friends and you still hassle each other as much as you did when you were in sixth grade Yes. Yeah, that's that, that's true. right. Do you know that that, that, that uh, Anthony has like a new uh, nickname now? 
I mean, you heard it, right? I, I referenced to him as Captain Poland the whole time. Yes, I heard that, and I wasn't. I, I didn't really want to respond to it because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to not responding to things <laughs> like that. Uh, Don't call me. Also, when I first started here, I'm going to say the school was about half the size it is now. Just about half. I don't know the exact numbers, but just when you, just the amount of faculty we have now, the amount of learning coaches we have, the amount of learning students we have now, learning partners, it's, uh, that's a big change. And the only reason why it's successful is because change with it. I mean, yeah, like, uh, we have now, like, three English teachers mm -hmm. in the secondary. Right. Which is like, I mean, I, I've, I've been here for a long time too. And yeah, like it, it, it is like, it's not giant here. So, so many people, mm -hmm. so many coaches. Right. That's just, that's, that's, that's actually impressive, I would say. Yeah, schools, schools dream of diversity. This is what, coming from an American school. We're a very diverse community, blah, blah, blah they would drool over the kind of diversity that happens here because you truly have international community, uh, languages, cultures, traditions that you would never really attract in, in one other type of school like this. I just think that that's been a great experience for me. I can now, I was actually on a, on a <laughs> I actually went somewhere, I was on a trip and somebody was uh, speaking Greek. And my friend looked at me and said, you know, which language are they speaking? And I go, well, that's Greek. And they said, how do you know that? I said, well, my friend Fala Cazito. And I've listened to her enough speaking Greeks that I recognized it. And I thought, wow, how sad <laughs> that like seven years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to distinguish it was Greek. So you never know what you're going to learn from an international community. That's, uh, that's a very interesting point of view because, uh, for example, me, my whole life I've been going to quote-unquote international school as well, so I don't even have that point of reference mm -hmm. of uh, not being at an international school. So, yeah, for, like Alexei, you've been in a Belarusian school. That's probably one of the most non-international places. As you conservative can... <laughs> as it gets, probably. Wow, that's a whole other podcast right there. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, yeah, but we're not going to yeah. go deep into this because, like, a Belarusian topic as well. Uh, Points together. Uh, but how do you, how do you uh, understand how to get along with other cultures if you've never been exposed to it? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's theory. Right? Oh, pretend that you're in the grocery store and you see somebody that's totally different from you and they're teaching another language, they're speaking another language. That, that, that's what work. happens every day. Yeah, like yeah, go yeah. to Etika sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, and just figure out that's how you become open. That's how you stay moving and pivoting is you have these experiences. And because Europe is so small in comparison to like, for instance, the United States, you could travel for days and days and days. You could be driving for three days. You're still in California. You're still in Texas. You drive for three days here. How many languages have you crossed? How many cultures have you gone through? So that's, that's really, I think, the fact that Europeans can live in this kind of, conf not confined space, but a much smaller space with different cultures and languages. And as far as I'm concerned, it works pretty well. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get into politics hasn't, here. It hasn't worked well in the past, but right now it's good. Right now, it's good. It's, you know, it's, it's a pretty good time to be alive, quite honestly. I yeah. mean, yeah. besides wearing a mask every day of my life, which I don't really like. But, uh, you know, we have uh, a good food supply and we have relatively, you know, low, ex low expense energy that is consumable and... You know, indoor plumbing, you know, I don't want to like, you know, we had a septic tank growing up as a kid. I don't know if anybody knows what that is out there, but 
It is, yeah, Anthony knows. Captain Poland says, I know. I yes. He lives it, in the countryside. It just sticks to you. You're it Captain sticks Poland. sticks to you, yeah. <laughs> You're just stuck. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think you can always look at things like, oh, I wish it was this way. I, I, I have a trouble with people who say, you know, the good old days. Really, the good old days. Well, is it because that time was better or because your life was less complex because you were younger? My life has actually become less complex as I get older because I tend to care less about things as I get older and certain things I just don't bother with that much anymore. Yeah, that's relatable and we're probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I never looked at this from this perspective that like they say good old times because like it was easier. Mm -hmm. Life was easier for them because they were younger. Right. This is, this is, I mean... Fewer responsibilities. Well, sure, when I was 10, man, life was great. I had a yeah, horse, I didn't have any bills, I didn't drive a car, no I didn't taxes, have to... No nothing. Nothing. Like, how bad can life be, you know? Yeah. A little bit of multiplication occasionally would throw me off, but besides that... Also, I think memory is a funny thing. You can remember really good things, and sometimes you don't remember some of the stuff that wasn't so great. Yeah. So if you block those memories, then certainly you know that. Like you used to like somebody and you think, oh my gosh, if I could just be with that person again, it was so wonderful and so lovely. And then you really think about it. <laughs> you think maybe there's a reason why that person's not really in my life anymore. Maybe it wasn't all roses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was off subject. Keep going. That, 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 that <laughs> is still, yeah, this is like, I mean, this is the point. You're this right. Is in subject. It's this conversation. Is it's it is, conversation. It is going as good as, good as it gets. You I guys are going to let me just wax wonderful. rhapsodic over here. This is so good. Yeah. All right, Alexei. Is there anything that you would like to plug, as in give a shout out, or if not, are there any good movies you've watched recently? Mm. So recommendations from Miss Carlisle. Uh, I have to give a shout out to uh, Learn Your Four out there in the world. Love Learn Your Four, really great. Uh, shout out to uh, the podcast. Have you guys ever heard of this FSIS podcast? These guys Not are, at all. These Not guys all. are great, man. <laughs> they're so nice. They're so friendly. You talk about relevant and irrelevant stuff. You just get a chance to listen to them. We should yeah, check it, we out. Should it out. I hear they're on a voice message machine, too. I, you know, I'm kind of funny about movies. I really like some of the old classics. This last weekend, I watched Jaws. Oh, which came out in, I'm going to say, around 1976, Something maybe like that. Uh, I was very young, and I got to tell you what, I didn't even get in a bathtub for a while after that movie, because that just really, wow, did that. I, I, some people would think, well, that's not a horror movie. When you're 10, that's a horror movie. Yes. Yeah. Hardcore horror movie. But I look at it now as an adult how many years later and think, Wow, that was really scary. I understand why it was really scary. It's too bad about what happened to sharks around the world. We won't get into the politics of that. But what a cheesy shark, like Bruce the shark, this mechanical shark. There's a reason why they didn't show that shark for the first several several um, minutes of the movie. Like it wasn't, it, you didn't even see the shark for maybe yeah. 20, 30 minutes, right? Because they couldn't get the thing to work. They had all this kind of trouble with it, right? So they decided, Spielberg just said, look, you know what, we're just not gonna show the shark then. We're going to run mysterious on that one. Yeah, like how great is that? But I watched it again and I 
really love the feeling of being, okay, now I'm an adult watching this. I'm not as freaked out as I was as a kid. But when the girl in the first scene gets chomped, I have to turn down the volume because I cannot listen to it. It makes me still. But what a great experience to kind of have this. Uh, the other thing I've been watching, uh, it's not really academic or anything, but I kind of got into this Netflix series called Chicago Fire. And do you know it? I, I, I saw the, I don't know, I guess you can call it a thumbnail. Yes. But I, I maybe I know, is it kind of like Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> I did not watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's, it's like a melodrama about yeah, these yeah. firefighters, but I, I kind of just liked it that it was, I didn't have to think too much about it. It was interesting enough storyline. It was like the characters I thought were really well developed. They had different ages and it wasn't just about like the hottie guys at the firehouse, although there is some of that. Um, that it was really about people and how, how the transition in the firehouse, they have new people all the time and how they fit in and kind of the, so, the social piece of it was kind of fun. It's just kind of a, kind of a relaxed thing to watch and you know, maybe like watching houses burn is not really like a relaxing thing to do, but that was just kind of a fun thing. And then uh, I actually just shared a book with uh, Mr. Miller recently that I had finished, T.C. Boyle book called Friends of the Earth, and uh, kind of heavy book about climate change written long before they really thought it was a thing. So that's, yeah, a little reading, a little nostalgic TV, a little, uh, oh, movies that made us. Have you watched I, that? I, no, wait, I've watched The Toys That Made Us. It's from the same ah, people. Ah, yeah, the Movies That Made Us is good. I've been, I've been meaning to watch it. Yeah, yet. I was actually living in Hawaii when they were filming Jurassic Park, and it was during the hurricane. So a lot of what you see in the movie is the real rain that was happening during the hurricane. Wow. Yeah, and it just basically just wiped out most of Kauai, unfortunately. And that was really, when I watch Jurassic Park now, and I think, is that real rain or is that the rain that was there during the storm? Because some, some of it obviously was done in a studio, but really cool, really fun. Did you find dinosaurs? <laughs> the dinosaurs got really wet in the rain and then it got too heavy because they were animatronics. Oh. And then they couldn't move. So they had to do, that's when they started doing some, some of it was CG, CGI. Yeah. And CGI. Some of it, yeah, and some of it was uh, robotics, yeah. At first, I thought you were actually going to start telling me a story how you fought like dinosaurs. I'm like, what? They got heavy. They got I'm not, much worse. I'm not that. I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys, this has been Miss Carlisle and Alexei. Alex and Anthony actually came in halfway through the recording and has yeah, been sitting on a chair my, uh, because he finished the other secret project. <laughs> not a secret project, he was working on something I assigned him and I hope he did a great job. Anyways, guys, this has been the FSS Podcast and we see you next week. Bye! That's the thing. Finished! Yes, Thank you so much. Can you sit down? I'm very nervous with you walking around. I'm very nervous. That's where I'm <laughs> sit down, around. you'll relax. I think you guys were pretty quick to set up. Uh, the usual. Um, <laughs> the usual I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, my attention span's like an ant if I really think about it sometimes, you know. You've been here for a while and you're fine. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're, uh, uh, I, 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 this is the best start. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best start.
this is uh, these this series of interviews is Alexei's passion project. So ah. he's very happy right now. How many that are it's... we gonna have? Well, as we have many a... as there are teachers in this school, literally. Oh wow, that's a big twenty. We are... I, I, actually so actually not so long ago I thought. What if you interview every single student in the school? <laughs> no, uh, actually, uh, imagine, imagine you're if you come to school. Imagine if you come to school and the first thing they ask is like, you have to go to an interview. Hopefully, you're going to be able. I mean, that's my plan. You're going to be able to hear those side Sunday already. It's right. going to be out. Well, as we all know, I'm not doing anything on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>